The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Well, African Business Focus with Bruce Whitfield is brought to you by SAA, the one who fly SAA growing route network, not now flying to Blantyre, Lilongwe, Vic Falls and Vinduk. We now are joined by Dr. Rutendo Hidwingui, who is going to take us through some of the best and worst stories on the continent today. He joins us in studio. Welcome to The Money Show. Well, uh, thank you very much, Mateo. Glad to be here and glad to be with you and your listeners, man. When we look at uh, some of the top stories, uh, I hear you want to touch on uh, Rwanda and Zimbabwe. Where do you want to land first as we fly with SAA? <laughs> Anything, no, anywhere north of the Limpopo. I think let's start off with Rwanda. I think um, for me, there are sort of two, uh, two leading stories of Rwanda. The first is obviously uh, Paul Kagame releasing um, uh, Paul, which is coincidentally the, the Hotel Rwanda hero. And uh, this is quite a big thing because obviously it was linked to the whole genocide trial and uh, some local, some criminal criminal um, uh, charges that were brought against him. But I think the positive thing is that it's something that is embraced by the by the U.S. government. Uh, and I think it's just another masterstroke by Paul, uh, President Paul Kagame, in terms of he's a smart politician and he does the right moves uh, to make the right people in the right places uh, think differently. So I think that was a smart move. And the second thing about Rwanda was also that uh, they've recently, uh, you've just had an interior minister who's just left Rwanda going back to the UK, and she's highlighted it's safe for, the, there's a planned deal for about 120, I think it's to the tune of 150 million US dollars to, to get immigrants in the UK back to Rwanda. These are obviously people who've left Africa across uh, the ocean and got to the UK. And I think what's interesting there again it's another smart masterstroke again from paul as a as a as president kagame as a, as a as a politician is that he's 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 making the uk deal with the problem and solving them whether it's good or not for the africans coming back you can imagine yeah. you live in africa then you the next thing is you left morocco now you're back even south further to rwanda it's another story but 150 million us dollars for a gdp economy of rwanda of 100 of 11 billion uh, plus or minus one percent is a significant thing so it'll be it'll be uh, so i think it's just smart uh, him being a smart politician which is always reflected a smart politician but also you know in in not so um you know popular fronts in terms of the ex-hotelier that was arrested in rwanda yeah. um what's happening there he's now been released of course yeah but you know the whole story around a flight being redirected and yeah. actually landing in rwanda yeah it's a great country, but you also wonder about some of the approaches they take. No, no, it's true, and, and that's why I'm saying by him now doing that because there it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a, a sneaky move that happened there, but the fact that he's now listened to pressure from the U.S. Uh, I mean, I was following the headlines that Joe Biden was, you know, saying that it was a positive move, and again, just making those guys happy in the U.S. by releasing the guy. That, I think the guy is now back in the U.S. through via Qatar uh, is, is a big thing. And look, at the end of the day, we've got a free man on our hands, which is always a positive thing. All right, let's go now to the gold mafia story, which I know has got a lot of us talking at, you know, at the companies, whether you're home at the dinner yeah. table, it's, it's become that conversation yeah. now. If you didn't know before, just the gold mafias that are, have taken over Zimbabwe, literally, yeah. in terms of the Reserve Bank there and moving gold out to, um, you know, the, the uh, UAE and such. Um, a, a key story there from Al Jazeera, but what is it telling us about the, 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 the management and governance in Zimbabwe? 
Look, I think, you know, the, the, the whole gold mafia story, you know, I was actually thinking about it. I mean, if you followed the old series of The Godfather, I think Marlon Brando and uh, Mario Puzo will be rolling their graves saying, Kukashi, this storyline exceeds, you know, that... It uh, takes all the boxes. It, it takes yeah? all the boxes. <laughs> Maybe Al Pacino will come and say, okay, but let me actually play a role in Godfather 2. But I think it, it does highlight, obviously, a weakness in governance, both from a South African and a Zimbabwean perspective. I've seen both governments have come out and, and, and highlighted that, you know, they're obviously anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, et cetera, et cetera. Let's hope uh, the right people will be brought to, to task. But I think one thing that sticks out to me, just to give you some context, um, Zimbabwe makes a loss, I mean, loses about 4.5 billion U.S. dollars a year through illegal gold smuggling. Just in, in comparison... Uh, Botswana next door makes uh, about 4.6 billion US dollars in diamonds. Uh, so you look at the economy of Botswana is on the up. You look at the economy of Zimbabwe is on the down, and you can see for the same amount of money what it means. But uh, what I'm interested in, you know, as this un- unfolds, and obviously people are brought to book, and uh, I've got the, I mean, there's that popular saying, it takes two to tango. And we've seen the whole supply chain from Zimbabwe or South Africa all the way to, to Dubai. But I'll be interested as episodes three and four come out in terms of who's actually benefiting uh, after the Dubai. You know, in terms of, we've seen half of the story. Yeah, who are the bigger players? Who are now? the bigger players? Because, yeah. I mean, you, you, Mateo, for, for, for South Africa, we've just got onto the grey list because of the whole traceability of funds. And the likes of Sasfuna coming up, Absa's coming up, uh, Standard guys Bank, are you know? Up. Yeah. Uh, Zimbabwe has just got off the grey list, which is the ironic part of it. So my question is, okay, but it takes two to tango. Who are in the bigger play after Dubai? What's happening? And that's where I'd really like to see the accountability and the traceability of of the transactions thereafter so i'm really looking forward to episodes three and four hopefully the the, the dots are connected there but uh, over to botswana now botswana's miners union warning against new diamond uh, deal as well as a pact with belgium-based company would uh, put partnership with De Beers at risk this particular um De Beers deal has been going on yeah. for the longest time 50 years 50 now botswana saying look we want a larger share of the value yeah, chain yeah. and let us in and they're willing to do deals with other countries now yeah. to to show their force. What do you think is going to happen? Is there going to be a fallout with the beers? No, it's a very interesting uh, discussion because on one side, like it's a 50-year deal that is that Botswana has had with the beers. Uh, out of that deal, uh, they produce, as I said, about 4.5 billion US dollars out of that uh, between, you know, the, the combined Botswana government with the beers. Uh, Antwerp, which is the Belgian company, is, is their discussions for them to partner up with the Botswana government and the Botswana government is going to want a 24% stake. President and Masisi saying they, it seems like the motive behind this is the elections are coming up next year. He wants the Trump card to go into elections, although it seems like he's going to win. But I think for me, it speaks to industrialization. Obviously, in Africa, there's a big drive of industrialization. Mm, Let's get high up mm. the value chain. So maybe from that angle, it's justified. Uh, but is it worth risking such one of the most stable deals when it comes to private and partnership, um, uh, p- public and private partnership on the continent? I don't know. So it's going to actually be interesting to see how this unfolds. There's a lot of money at stake. Um, and uh, as I said, I think the irony of it also is that, you know, De Beers is a South African company, so you're two South African entities. And now suddenly uh, there's a foreign entity out of Africa saying, guys, if you guys are not going to come to the party, we're willing to come to the party. Uh, so in terms of industrialization, where Africa is wanting to grow, it will be very interesting to see how this unveils. And I hope it's for the better, not the worse. And President Mokwesi Masisi really talking tough around this deal. Yeah, um, yeah. This is something he really, really wants. Uh, yeah. Some applauding him, saying it's about time Africa's yeah stands up and, yeah. and gets more from the value chain yeah. but you want to have a certain tact when you do these things but 
can you have attacked if maybe the negotiation table and we don't know what's happening there yeah, yeah. um you know you're not getting any joy there so yeah. obviously moving into um the workings of Antwerp and and Belgium and getting another player in the stakes to kind of nudge yeah. uh, this 50 year relationship into a better opportunity for the country yeah now it's going to be tricky and he's going to have to be a smart politician because the guys who are actually against the Antwerp deal right now are the union the mine union workers uh, but at the same time he has to be an maybe astute businessman uh, so he's going to have to balance it and see how it comes out. But ultimately, I, I hope for the sake of the country, the best deal comes to the party. I mean, I don't, I don't see uh, De Beers pulling out, but 90% in terms of <laughs> diamonds they're getting from Botswana. But surely the two can come to some sort yeah. of agreement. Another talking point, a story that I covered uh, as well, the African billionaires fleeing the continent. Yes, yeah. there are some that still stay within the continent, but the concern is a lot of them are looking for other homes outside of the continent. Yeah, so I think the key thing, you know, just come out of the Africa Wealth Report that has just been released for 2023. And I think what stuck out for me, they said in the past 10 years, probably about 18,000 um, uh, high net worth individuals have left the continent. Uh, about the, In Africa, we've had about 50 billionaires that have been born in Africa. We're only left with about 23. Uh, but what stuck out for me is that out of the 18,000 that have left the continent, going to the US, going to the UK, UAE, you know, the normal culprits. That Australia, you I, yeah. Jolly Good Fair, all, all those places that you and I aspire to be. I think the thing that stuck out for me is that 1,200 uh, moved from another African country to South Africa and Mauritius. So in terms of the prime destination for some of these high net worth individuals, South Africa and Mauritius stuck out. Mauritius is obviously a nice island. You all, anybody would want to be there. But I think it just speaks in terms of South Africa as a destination of choice is still quite strategic for this continent. And I think that was just a positive thing that stuck out for me just with regards to sometimes we undermine what we have here. I'm assuming a bulk of them are probably in Cape Town. Uh, so if you and I move down... Yeah, to Cape the 1%. Town, the 1%. <laughs> well, if you've got the pocket to move there. <laughs> if you've got the pocket to move there. But I think ultimately that's what stuck out for me. And I think more importantly, I'll say to myself, if you and I... Met, <laughs> Look, there are a lot of tech uh, startups coming out from here. So a lot of opportunity as well for 100%, 100%. Africa. That was Dr. Ritendo Hidwingu. He is the founder and chief advisor for the Tribe Africa and Advisory and author of Rumble in the Jungle Reloaded.